All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's blank. I'm Brandon. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line. We're being joined by the great Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Lee, thanks for joining. How, how was your past weekend? It was good. It was a good week. Um, it was. Uh, I, I think this week is going to be crazy, though. There's usually, you know, the co- college card is either real good or the NFL. This, I think, is combined the best weekend of college football and also the NFL we've seen. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll start with a game near and dear to to my heart because I'm I'm a Big Twelve fan. I've always been a Big Twelve fan. I love the Big Twelve. Always have. Think it's the best conference that exists in college athletics. I've always thought that. And uh, Bedlam, Bedlam in Stillwater, maybe the last Bedlam we see on the gridiron for a while. Ninth ranked Oklahoma on the road at twenty two. Oklahoma State Cowboys playing better recently. Sooners trying to re- rebound after a. A loss to Kansas. Oklahoma favored by six on the road in Stillwater. What do you make of the last Bedlam game we might ever see? Yeah, so here's what's crazy. I I thought at one time this Oklahoma State team was not only the least talented they've had maybe in 20, 25 years, I thought that they were going to for sure almost have a losing record. So you got to give that coaching staff a whole lot of credit in Mike Gundy. They finally settled on a quarterback. I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but he was actually recruited by Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Did you know that? Did not. Yep. So he goes way back. I think it's his sixth year here. So uh, they're getting a lot of uh, durability and a lot of running out of Ollie Gordon. This Oklahoma team, if they know what's coming at you, they are much better. Teams that have... Uh, dual threat capabilities have given them problems. Their DBs are not great in coverage and also making tackles. But uh, I don't know if Oklahoma State has that type of offense here. So give them credit. They've gotten to a certain level. They're winning. Uh, they're probably going to a bowl, looks like. But I think Oklahoma with Gabriel here, quarterback, and and having some escapability, being able to buy some time and some really good threats here. They seem to always own Oklahoma State one more time. Oklahoma, 32-23 over the Cowboys. All right, Lee, now let's talk about the best college football conference, the, <laughs> the, the most dominant football conference in the land, and that would be the SEC. And a game where you got two teams that maybe aren't what they used to be, but they're trying to be again, and you've got Alabama, you've got LSU. It seems like it took a while, but Alabama's finally got their quarterback situation worked out. How's this one going to play out? So if it's a game like last year's game, we're in for a whale of a game. So I think this year there's no one dominant college football team. So this is basically an elimination game here. LSU does have the best passing attack of any of the teams in the SEC. It's not even close. They passed for at least 320 yards in all eight games this year. But I believe they by far they have one of the worst defenses. They have a lot at least... 490 yards, total yards, against the three top opponents, Florida State, Ole Miss, and Missouri, giving up 45, 55, and 39 points. And I thought that they were that close to losing the Missouri game. I think Bama will be ready for this game. Nick Saban, you know, he loses the year before that 32-31 loss on the two-point conversion. You know in the bye week he's spending a lot of time with the offense and defense coming up with a great game plan. The offense for Bama – 
slowly picking up some steam, and they are 16-6 and six against the spread at home. I, I, I'm not going to butt here. Nick Saban at home with revenge. Roll Tide. Alabama 38-31. I like how you said that, Lee. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, joining us on the HRP guest line. Funny how these are set up where I'm talking about all the, the Big 12 games. And Blanker's right, SEC best football conference in the country. Back to the Big 12, which is the best all-around conference in the country. A big one in Austin this weekend. Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champions. Texas wants to win the Big 12 on their way out the door to the SEC. Uh, how do you see this one going in Austin with Texas giving up four points? to the Wildcats. All right, so the, the, the backup quarterback that's playing in, in place for Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, he's solid. You know, he's fine. But he's going to – they can't do the same game plan that they did against BYU. BYU's defense is slow, not very talented. They knew BYU couldn't score 20 points on the Texas defense, so they wanted to keep it basic, run the ball a lot. They're going to have to run and, and, and run extremely well here to have success because if they try to throw early and often, I think they're going to be in trouble. Wildcats have a really good defensive backfield, and, and they're going to mix up their blitzes. And even their run defense has been really good, top 20, giving up just a little over 100 rushing yards per game. And their offense for the Wildcats has really come on of late. They've scored at least 38 points in four of the last five games. Will Howard uh, going out as a senior. Uh, looks great. And then they're mixing in Avery Johnson running and throwing the football. And even DJ uh, Giddens, the running back, coming on. He's finally a force this year. And coaching staff, second to none. you got to give them the edge here over Texas. Wrong team favorite. I like Kansas State, 35-28. Wow. All right, let's transition to yep. the NFL because this conference talk has got everybody thinking about who's what's the best conference. Let's talk about an old-school rivalry that starts to get more interesting again. You got the Eagles, who maybe are finally starting to show their A game after they struggled early on to impress. And you got the Cowboys, who want to be looked at as one of the A teams in the NFL. Interesting NFC East matchup. How do you see that one playing out, Lee? Yeah. I just think that Philadelphia, except for the Dolphins game, has not played all well all season long. They're going to have trouble here against the Dallas team. It looks like we'll get Tyron Smith. Their eight-time Pro Bowl left tackle back for this game. Jalen Carter, I mean, he left uh, last week's game due to back pain, so he may not be 100%. Also, um, Jalen Hurts, uh, sore knee, not running as much as usual. And his, his, his weapons at receiver are ridiculous here, but I think the Dallas pass rush, that's how you negate a team throwing the ball down the field. I think you're going to see them get some pressure on him here, and uh, uh, they've done well. Philadelphia. They just seem to have their number. They won four of the last five meetings in this series here. I think the timing's right here for the Cowboys here. I think they win the game here, 30-23. to 23. Ooh, making a lot of yep. our listeners happy. Uh, yep. The Houston Texans will be in action this week at home. They take on Tampa Bay. The Bucks no longer with Brady, but they have Baker. Texans, again, a favorite, which always makes people a little hesitant about the Houston Texans. What do you think of the Texans giving two at home against Tampa Bay? I was a little surprised they opened up a favorite. I thought Tampa Bay would be a one- or two-point favorite here. You know, maybe it's because Tampa Bay has lost three of the last four games. You know, watched every play. It was a tough game to watch last week, those two teams. Uh, you know, what did D'Amico Ryan said after the game? He said, you know, uh, he was put in some different difficult spots, and he's going to grow from it. You know, all the coach speak here. Uh, this Tampa, too, tough here. And... 
Uh, you know, you don't make the right reads. You're going to make mistakes here. Baker Mayfield always had trouble stepping up in games here, but uh, I think he's got the two better receivers at wideout. Just got to distribute the ball to him. If they're able to do that, they'll have some success. And Tampa Bay, their defense gives up a lot of yards here, but they are tough to score on. Only five teams are allowing fewer points per game in the Bucks. The key number usually is 20. They get to that 20 figure, they're 3-0. and I like Tampa Bay here. 21 to 17. Lee, every week you seem like it's not a bonfire. It's a towering inferno. You get hot. You stay that way. You get people winners. And we keep telling you, you got to jump on board with Lee if you actually want to cash in. Tell everybody about how to get involved with Paramount Sports and what they can get as a free play if they do. Yeah, how about this game as a free play? Uh, Don't give away this too often. Cincinnati and Buffalo uh, have a real strong opinion on one side here. You want to get it for free? Call 800 400 Nine seven four one. We will give you Cincinnati and Buffalo. It, most weeks would be the best game on the card. Uh, be one of the first five callers. Eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. If you're not already a client, how about this? On Friday, we've got a total of seven games in all four sports. We did it last week with eight games. We went seven and one. Mm-hmm. Normally, a one day all access pass, usually between seventy seven and ninety seven dollars. Again, we're going to do it for a second straight week. Seven games, $17. That's right. You heard me correct. $17 for seven games. How do you get it? Just one place, ParamountSports.com. We appreciate it as always, Lee. Have a great weekend, and we'll be keeping tabs. Sounds good. Take care. Be Lee safe. Sterling, the great Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Uh, do you know what we do this weekend? What do? Oh, yeah. We fall daylight back. Daylight savings time. Daylight savings. Do you have daylight savings hot takes? I don't know hot takes, strong takes. I know how I feel about it. What's the difference? I freaking hate the fact that it gets dark when we leave the studio now with this time slot. Yeah. I hate the fact that it gets dark way too early. Yeah, I don't really like the. I'm cool with the farmers. Like the farmers need more daylight during the day. Whatever. Who am I to disagree? I think people that have like hot takes about daylight savings are like trying to create these hot takes. Uh, quite frankly, I will say one thing though. I will say one thing. Whenever we fall back. Because I think it happens, what, is it Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday? I think it's Saturday night into Sunday. Saturday into Sunday. That should be a Sunday into Monday thing. That should be something that happens Sunday night going into Monday. Why? Because now we really get the extra hour to move around. Like Saturday to Sunday, maybe you do, but not all of us. More people would be positively influenced and impacted if we did that Sunday to Monday. We all fall back Sunday night going into Monday. Now the kids get an extra hour of sleep. Maybe they wake up a little bit early, but you have more time to get them ready for the day. You have more time to adjust. I feel like that needs to be a Sunday-Monday thing all the time. I like it. Honestly, I think they should just get rid of it and just keep mm. it light all the time. Yeah, I but hate the farmers that. need the okay. sun. Oh, this is what I like. If, if you're going that direction, keep it lighter later and keep it that way all the time. I'm good with it. Because otherwise, I, I, I wouldn't change a thing. It used to be when I, I golfed all the time, I was passionate about being able to play golf till dark and you could play till 8.45 at night in the middle of summer. I like it when, it's, when, when the summer months, it stays light for an ex, almost till 9 o'clock. In the wintertime or when it gets colder, especially like us, Joe, being from the Midwest, it's so damn cold, especially when the sun goes down, that it's not that big of a deal. But all these people that just say, keep it one way and don't change it, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. The only thing that's good about this weekend, though, is we get an extra hour of sleep on Sunday. You don't necessarily, though. Like, if you're not setting an alarm, you're not gaining an extra hour of sleep. You're sleeping the same amount that you would normally sleep. That's why it needs to be a Sunday-Monday thing. Yeah, but... And we need to, whenever we spring forward, that should be a Friday-Saturday thing. But at least this time... 
There is a early morning NFL game. 8.30, that's true. So you get the extra hour while the Chiefs and the Dolphins play in Germany. So at least it kind of works out this time. Yeah. That means Patrick Creighton's going to be hitting us up like way too much on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to try to get the uh, every week. Picks. Every week <laughs> I tell myself I'm going to get in. The other part, you know, the problem is. The problem is, that, is that he started trying to do the group text thing. Yeah, that's not that good. too. But when does he send out the email? Like Saturday morning? No, there's an earlier one. There, I think he sends out one version of it on like Friday. See, if, if it happened, if we got that email Friday before noon, I would, I'd send it Friday before noon every time. But whenever you send that email Friday afternoon, like the best chance that I have of getting it to you is Sunday at 11. I always I always wake up Sunday morning going, oh God, I forgot to do it. I got better do that right now because I'm otherwise I won't do it. I I, don't, I that's the thing. Like if I don't get that email before noon Friday, I'm uh I'm I'm not going to get it to you until Sunday at eleven. Uh, what are your hot takes about daylight savings? Uh, I, it's good for the farmers. Actually, I don't even think it's the farmers. Wasn't it like an energy thing? Like it was a way to consume energy. No, I think it was a farmer thing. I thought it was. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've heard both sides. I can understand it from a farmer's perspective, but I just, it, it's always annoyed me when it gets dark early. I, thought, I hate, yeah, I, I used to a, always hate leaving work and going, God dang, it's only, you know, 545 and it's pitch black outside. Yeah, it is weird, but adjust, right? Oh. Like we're adults, we can adjust. I think it was to save energy back like early 1900s. If they didn't even would have you rather energy, have right? like Alaska where they go months without sunlight? No, I wouldn't want to live in that Alaska. Was, that would be excruciating. It would be tough to deal with. Very depressing. What are your daylight savings hot takes? All right. Rockets got their first win of the season. They're off the schneid on their way to how many losses did they have? They're 0 3. On their way to 79 and 3 season. 713 780 ESPN HRP listener line 713 780 3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friends at mybookie.ag. Always telling you about mybookie.ag because it's the place to be when you want to put money on games. And you want to not have to have the extra worries. Sure, you want to worry about the outcome of the game. Sure, you want to worry about your bets. You don't want to worry about if your money is safe and is going to be safe and is going to be there when you need it, want to use it, or take it out. Well, you don't have to worry about those things. My bookie has been in business for over a decade. They're not going anywhere, and neither is your money. And the fact is they take care of their customers all along the way, especially when you know the promo code I'm about to give you, which I always tell you as loyal listeners to ESPN 97.5, when you use that promo code BET975, there's always ways to get extra cash, more money to play with, and, and with that, better chances to win a game because of the fact that they take care of you. Use the promo code BET975. Right now they're doing a match bonus, which means that if you go to mybookie.ag and you set up an account and you put in anything up to $1,000, whatever you put in, they'll put in. They'll match what you put in. You have more money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances to win. Go to mybookie.ag, put 100 bucks in. Suddenly you got 200 in, in your account. It's almost instantaneously. And now you're sitting there going, man, I got more chances to bet on games, more chances to win. This is awesome. So they take care of you in a variety of different ways. They also have odds boosts that you could get crazy odds on. And the other thing is when there's no games going on, there are live dealers standing by where you and they're there all the time, even when games are going on. But particularly when they're not and you still want to get some gambling on live dealers standing by for casino games like poker and blackjack. And you can play at mybookie.ag. Just remember the promo code bet nine, seven, five. And you can do this for a variety of sports. They got all the wagers on all the games. If you want to do soccer, MMA, golf, basketball, baseball, football, you name it. They got it. You just go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code BETN975 and 92.5. We got a lot of uh, a lot of theories on daylight saving. Uh, low and anti. 
Uh, daylight savings actually began in Canada in 1908. No wonder it sucks. He says that daylight savings was created during World War Whoa, up there in Canada, don't you to know? To save on fuel for lighting fixtures and other fuel-related devices or machinery. That makes sense. I mean, that's a that's a good reason to do that. Hockley Dan thinks it's to uh, for the bar industry. Fall back an extra hour, an extra hour to sell drinks. But what about the spring? When you're springing forward, does that happen? Wait, that doesn't happen to like 2 a.m. though. So I guess you don't lose the hour right. there. Right. Yeah, so I, I have it. heard when I, in my single days, I know that people really looked forward to that extra hour of drinking. Yeah, oh, oh. single days. You want to reminisce? What was your no, favorite really single don't. day story? I really I mean, don't. You brought it up. I, I did bring it up, <laughs> and you wanted to, you were elaborating on it. But I'm just like, saying, I know that like some stories. A lot of people like the fact that hey, an extra hour to drink. Okay. It's do uh, do married people not like the extra hour to drink? I don't think married people go out with the frequency right. that single people did eh, or do. Eh, I mean, tomato, tomato. Seven zero seven seven. Farmers don't care about daylight savings. It was started as a way to save lamp oil for the World War II effort. Okay, one four two zero is for werewolves. So there you go. Werewolves, railroads. Oh. So there's your uh, your your information on <laughs> on daylight savings. But it should be a Sunday through Friday, Monday. What was thing. the what was the, they do it on NBC all the time? The more you know. Well, there it is. There's our version of the more you know. The more you know. Was that an NBC thing? I think it was. I thought that was yeah. like a Reading Rainbow thing. No, it, but it was all. The, I think NBC was the only one that ran it. It was the. I thought more it was like know. PBS. It was the more you know. On, on, they ran it during like the weekends. Oh really? Yeah. Shows so, how much I kept up with that. Did you watch the Rockets last night on Shin? I actually did. Yep. I wa- yeah, I watched the Rockets this morning on Shin Space Houston Space City Houston Sports Space City Home Network Home Network there Space you go. It, the Shin. We're gonna call it the Shin because it's much yeah. easier to say. Uh, nice win for the Rockets. It looked pretty good. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a team that's not very good right now in, in the Hornets. But the you, Rockets you, you aren't know, very good either. I agree with that. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting, and, and much to what we talk about when we talk about C.J. Stroud, at least there was honesty in some of the guys that with the quotes after the game, like Dylan Brooks and others, that said, we got a long way to go. Like, we're not playing the way we want to or should be playing yet, but we know what we have to do. It's good for a young team this early in the season to at least get a win to feel what it feels like to be victorious, especially at home, because that's something that, as for a young team, that can relieve some of the pressure and understand, look, there's still work to be done, but if you do work, you can get more wins like this one. The thing that was most interesting to me last night is they ran a lot of their offense through Shangoon. They were running Shangoon to the high elbow. They were moving him around. They know how good he passes the ball. And a year ago, you would have never seen that. You would have seen him as a guy that just had to, you know, kind of fend for himself or, you know, off an offensive rebound, might get a chance to go down in the low post. They really rarely went into him the way they were doing last night. They were facilitating a lot of the offense through Shangun. I liked it, quite honestly. I feel like they've been doing that all year. Like, I think they've been trying to I mean, go look at the fourth quarter of the Spurs game. Like the fourth quarter. The fourth fourth quarter of the Spurs game, they were going to the low post. Every single trip. I thought almost too much. I thought Shingu was pretty bad in the last couple minutes. He, he was really good in the San Antonio game until the final two minutes in overtime. And, and that was why they were going through him. Um, I mean, it's a good win. If they lost that game, I was going to be ready to say lower the bar for Alexander Saar. Like, because their pick's top four protected and he's the projected number one pick. Uh, you should be beating the Hornets at home. But they look good. You know, I, I think Jalen Green's been 
really good in his last three games. The The first game, the season opener, he was really, really bad. Was that because he missed a bunch of games in the preseason? I don't know. But Jalen in the last three games averaging 22 points, 43% shooting, 37% from three. He also has six rebounds a game in that three-game stretch. Last, If, if the Rockets get Jalen Green from the last three games, if this is who he is, the Rockets have a really good player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shingun has shown the ability, and even last night, they were pulling Shingun from like key defensive possessions, so they know he's an offensive guy, not a defensive guy, which is fine. You can still win with that. You just have to be selective on how you use him. I like them going to Shingun in the low post, pick and roll stuff. He's a really good passer. Sometimes he gets a little bit too cute, and it causes some turnovers, which I'm sure drives Ime Adoka crazy. Dylan Brooks has been the, the better of the two big Shocking. free agent signings, yeah. even though Van Vliet had a good game yesterday. Uh, it all kind of came together for them yesterday. They had a big 18-point lead. Hornets trimmed it down, but as soon as they trimmed it down, they built it back up to double figures. Uh, that was by far the best that they've looked. You've seen improvement because they're they're trying to do their best to kind of trim down the turnovers because early on they were turning the ball over still way too much, just like they did all of last season. And they've made a conscious effort to try and trim those down. The biggest problem that I had is what you mentioned because it happened on multiple occasions. They pushed the lead where they really ballooned it to 16, 17, 18. And then all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, they let the Hornets go on like a 13 to two run. And suddenly we're talking about a two point game including one right there at the end of the second quarter, and you're going, see, this is what they did a year ago. This is why when you bring in Yudoka, this is what's supposed to stop. They're supposed to be able to get stops and, and be able to tighten up the defense, and that's something that they still have to work on. It's a work in progress. But at least you see a coaching staff that, and a team that's able to know and self-correct by pointing the finger and going, this is where we have to do better. We know we're not doing this. Last year, we just heard excuses and, well, they just they, they got many more shots than we did at the end of games. They didn't concentrate, focus, and admit the kind of things that you're seeing out of this team and this coaching staff, which is, I think, refreshing. Yeah, it was uh, too bad to see a Min Thompson roll his ankle, which I hope this is not an issue with a Min Thompson. Different ankle this time than it was during the, uh, the summer league. Um, they said it was a grade two ankle sprain. What does that mean in terms of time out? You know, who knows? Uh, we'll see how fast of a healer he is. Uh, I hated seeing that because he started to play pretty good. Last few games, he's been playing pretty good basketball. So I hated that he went out. Um, Holiday was fine, backup minutes. But uh, well, the thing that I liked about him was that as much as we've heard about him struggling with his shot, his shot doesn't look broken per se. No, he's been okay. Yeah, and, and so I think that's the biggest thing that I found refreshing about him because I thought it might be a work in progress where you might have to try and you know change some, fundamentally some of his mechanics. But so far, it doesn't look like you have to do that. And there's no denying the fact that his basketball IQ is already at a level where you know he understands passing and floor spacing and running the break, uh, and he can get to the basket. And, and so you want to see him continue to develop. That's the worst part about all this. We talked about it. I just felt like win, lose, or draw, it didn't matter. He needed to be the backup point guard because you need to get him the run now so that he continues to mature and develop as much as possible this first year. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, he's probably going to miss a couple weeks minimum. A grade two ankle sprain. They don't desperately need him either, and because he's a rookie, it's like eh, let's let's err on the side of caution. He's not a starter. They have a they have a decent backup and, and in paid Holiday. So much for Van Vliet that he wasn't going to get started. No, like I mean, if Holiday has to use fifteen, like play fifteen minutes a game because you give him in Thompson an extra week to get healthy, you're going to do that for a very young rookie in the NBA. Now against the Hornets at home, this is a game that you should win by. You know, nine points like they did. Uh, it's a game where everybody should have a get-right game. Every single starter had 17 points or more. Uh, you should have a game where you're knocking down shots when you're playing the Hornets, who aren't a very good defensive team. 
Um, I put more stock in the first three than I do this last one, but maybe this gets the Rockets trending in the right direction. Because right now, at the start of the season, I was like, yay, Rockets, they can fight for a play-in spot. And that's I think it's good for a young team to have those goals, even if they fall short of them, because they're playing significant, you know, substantial well, at-stakes basketball. But if they continue to lose a bunch of games, and their schedule at the start of the year is pretty bad, like it's going to be pretty quick for me. Like My leash of wanting them to lose basketball games is pretty quick for me because they still have their first-round pick if it lands in the top four. So if they're losing a bunch of games and they have a bottom five record in the NBA, I might have to embrace the suck. I'm sorry, Hive, but I might have to embrace the suck for the Rockets if they start off like 5-20 and 20 or something like that. Yeah, you look at that Charlotte team, and as much as – when they were battling with the Warriors until Steph went nuts, you were like, okay, that's a quality team, and, and you're, you're hanging in there. And it was a two-point game late in the second half to where you felt good about it. You look at that Hornets team, it's a completely upside-down team in disarray. When you look at what you have or don't have, Scary Terry is a veteran that's probably better anywhere else but in Charlotte. He's, he's not a fit there. They can't figure out if they're still, you know, Gordon Hayward, who was, you know, scoring and, and doing things for them last night, is a guy that probably should be on another team, but he's making a boatload of money and it's tough to move him. They seem to be like they're stuck in quicksand, spinning the wheels. Clifford's probably not going to be long for that job. And, right. and who knows where, where they're going and when they're going up. But you want to see them hanging. It's going to be an interesting stretch, like you said, because you're going to play some tough teams. Back-to-back against the Kings. Would I have liked to have seen it with Fox healthy? Yes. But I still want to see a younger team and how they will match up and how effective they can be and can they keep that, those games close. Because those are going to be the better barometer for a team, to your point, that they're going to have to make a call at a certain point. Are we in straight go-for-it mode winning at all costs? Or do we realize we still can utilize one of the biggest assets we have, which is our pick if it lands in the top four? Yeah. Uh, San Antonio game was one they got away from them. They should have they won that game. They're up 10 points with, what, like four minutes left yep. to play. Uh, they Honestly, they gagged down the stretch. They really did. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. It's time now for Bad Take Boulevard. What terrible takes. Make the list this week, 713-780-3776, if you want to add some bad takes to the list of Bad Take Boulevard. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that you need for your business, if you're a business owner's HRP, Mike Holly, U of H class of 1990, go Cougs. He's been protecting the interests of businesses for nearly 25 years. He got, his, he got his degree in protection because he used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner. Now he wants to protect your business. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You need a little help, you need a lot of help, anything in between. HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service, second to none. You will never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that's familiar with you and they're familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service anytime I have a question. We use it here at Gal Media. I always get a quick response, very easy to understand. I love it. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources. Eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call at 281-880-6525, 281-880-6525, or visit them online at hrp.net. All right, who made the list this week? Bad Take Boulevard. You can send in your bad takes if you want to add people to the list. 713-780-3776-6761. He sent one in. He said, when Lance Zerline attempts to interview someone and always manages to squeeze in a reference about his dad's coaching career like it's insightful or relevant to the conversation. I don't think that belongs on Bad Tick Boulevard. I think that's more of a mean text 
Yeah. So we'll we'll save that one for tomorrow. Six seven six one. We'll do that mean text tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. uh, we got a text earlier when I was filling in for Beard. We were talking about like Will Levis. Yeah. Who brought up? Started texting like weird foods they eat. Someone says they put soy sauce on their pizza. Interesting. Oh, no. I'm a. I like soy sauce. I, like I have soy, soy sauce in that fried rice. rice. Agreed. Yeah. Sushi. Yes. Uh, I think it's good to cook with. Like if you're cooking some some something kind of you know, like a Chinese dish or whatever. Yes. I think it's very very good. Sushi on a pizza is not something I've ever tried. What? Why and I don't think put, it would be good. Why would you try soy sauce on a pizza? Maybe it's like a fusion style pizza. You know, like fusion's kind of, big, but yeah. I don't think I would. I mean, I would try a bite. I'd try a bite, but I don't think it'd be my go-to or anything I would seek after. I don't know that soy sauce and cheese is a mix. For That's me. what that was my thought too. Like yeah, even if call. like it goes I can't with say I've ever tried. That. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's the combo I'm looking for. Now, if you do that like chicken barbecue pizza where it's really not, then I understand the barbecue sauce. Yeah. on it. but I, I don't know what kind of pizza you're going with where soy sauce is necessary. No, I don't. I don't think that's very good. Mm-mm. I don't think that's very good. Any, any bad takes y'all want to put on the list here before we rattle off a few of these? That was the one I had. That was the one you had. How about uh, Barry was filling in with blankers yeah. over here? Usual suspects sounded very good. Uh, this one was uh, Uncle Barney sent this to me. Uncle Barney. He was listening. Uncle he Barney. Yeah, Uncle Barney sent this one to me. Apparently, Barry wants to trade a starting catcher and a starting center fielder for a real catcher? Yeah. What's the context behind this, Blankers? Help so, me understand. So it started with cash it or trash it. And I said, okay. cash it or trash it, the Astros will trade one of their top six guys in the lineup before spring training. And we identified who the six that we thought that would be. And he immediately turned and said, I mean, I'd trade Yiner Diaz and Chaz McCormick for a real catcher. And I went, wait, what? And he just, he was adamant in the fact that Yiner isn't a real catcher and that he still, he, he, He's not an everyday hitter because no matter what he brings to the table, he still struggles with what was to the point where he said he wanted. And I go, well, tell me who you're trying to trade for, because I don't understand. I mean, I gave you the numbers that it's parallel to Atley Rushman. I I mean, we talk about uh, Moreno in Arizona. We talk about Will Smith with the Dodgers. But like he said, JT Real Muto. I go, first of all, the Phillies aren't trading him, but there's no way that I'm going to trade Yiner Diaz and Chaz McCormick for JT Real Muto. I, I don't really understand the logic here. Yiner's a starting catcher. Yeah. Chaz McCormick is a starting center fielder, at least a starting left fielder. I think it should be in center field. Why would you trade two starters for one? I, help me explain. I, I, help I, me I, here. Am I, am I missing out something? Am I missing anything? I was the facilitator. So right. I was just entertaining the conversation. Well, there you go. Barry Laminek, you've made the list. You just made the list! I hate to see it. Uh, Chris Broussard. <laughs> he might have made the all-time list. Chris, Br- Chris Broussard's vernacular makes the list this week. Check it out. Like he did. I think, he, I think he's not going to get to play the way he wants, and he's going to move, but it's not going to work well. Nick, I what? James, I is the I, man I, retarded? The, I, mean, the, is, the, I mean, shouldn't use that word, but sure. Developmentally yeah. disabled? Sure. To think that he is going disabled. to go to the Clippers where they have Kawhi Leonard as the number one. Let oh, me let me apologize for using that word. Oh. I, I have a, a my first cousin. I, we just put him to he died a few months ago, a month or two ago. He was developmentally disabled, so I didn't. I, I, think, I didn't mean to use of that course, word. Of course, of course. I don't. I, I apologize I think, to the audience. And oh, that's yeah. that's very kind of you. I, I don't think it would kill you for it. Um. There's th- there's three bad takes there. There's the vernacular of Chris Broussard using such word, then going like to defend it. He says his first cousin. 
I shouldn't be laughing at this. He basically like killed him. Said, I know. It's not like they put him down like he was a dog. He really yes. did. It he really said, did. It was like he just couldn't get out of his own way. At, at a certain point, you needed someone in his ear to just say, just stop talking. Yes. Man. Cut your losses and just stop just talking. Shut up. Like, Without please, question. Like, just stop. We put him. He stopped, and then he stopped think, one word shy of saying we put him down. And then Nick Wright. Or put him in the ground. No one's going to kill you. No one's going to kill you for it. I mean. Mm. I don't know if he was being sarcastic there or not. Think he saved his job with the end? Uh, no, because I think he could have just shown up the next day and apologized. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I At a certain it. point, he, yeah. He well, had to apologize. He had to own up to it and apologize it's for it's it like ASAP. The, it's like the World Series. Like, did the Rangers really win a World Series that no one watched? Did Chris Broussard really use that word on a show that no one watches? Oh, no, it made the rounds on social media yeah, enough that, yeah, it's, it's you the didn't most, need to see it live. It's the most viral that show's ever gone yeah. and probably ever will go. <laughs> it went pretty viral. I think everyone's like, oh, one. Chris Broussard's on TV, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a rough look there for Broussard in so many different ways. Go into the word. Like, the word that he used for the word, I didn't think it was great. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can use this word because my first cousin was that, and he just died. Yeah, th- then trying to validate it by... Oh, you know, saying that he didn't mean it by giving up the personal story, but yeah. then saying at the end of the personal story that the cousin's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. You just made the list. Chris Broussard, you make the list there. So we have a running document. Google, this is how the magic is made here with uh, our show. We have these running Google Docs, you know, really sophisticated stuff that we put our show together with. So we have one of these for Bad Take Boulevard. And at the bottom of our Bad Take Boulevard document, Word Doc, uh, Joe keeps track of the worst of the worst. And he puts together in the March, you know, in the, in the month of March, he puts together our Bad Take Boulevard bracket, which last year was who won it? The Yankees for saying we want Houston, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I was, I happened to notice this today that I was on, I was nominated for this Bad Take Boulevard bracket, the worst of the worst. And it was about my opinion of Will Levis. Why yeah. am I still on this? Because I I was referencing more the whole Jeremy versus Cody mm. top 10 thing that happened. Mm. Who's Cody? Mm. I think it's a bad take that I'm on that nominee for well, bad take Boulevard we, bracket. Here's the thing. We need plenty of nominees. But we're going to add Chris Broussard to the nominee right now. Okay. It doesn't mean you're going to make the bracket. I just I don't believe that I belong. I don't think it's a bad take. I think it's one game. Yeah, it's one game. Yeah, we I am expecting a bad size. game. I am yeah. expecting Will Levis to be pretty poor today. They they dumbed down the playbook tonight, for him yeah. last year. I mean, last week. They, he was dink, dunk, deep shot. 3D man. Dink, like dink, With a deep dunk, shot, he put a deep lot shot. of air under he's got a, The one that Hopkins caught. Got a cannon. I, I know it's you, a cannon, cannon, but I thought it was too much air. It, it took forever to come down. I mean, if you want to nitpick Will Levis's cannon for an arm, you see the one he made off the back foot, cross oh, yeah, body, cross the yeah, field in the bucket? You, yeah. so I mean, I'm just gonna, saying. I'm going to veto. I don't know if we do that here, but I'm going to yeah. veto that this is even on today's no, I, I veto that I should be nominated for this when it's clearly not a bad take. It's a nominee. It's not a, it might still be but a bad take. It's bad Jury's take nominees. Out. This isn't a bad take. Will Levis' first-round pick is a nominee for Bad Take Boulevard. That was bracket. a hedge of a bet. I'm aware, but you still said it on the radio. It was, it was, it was playing chess. That's what I was doing. Um, zero four two three. Branham foot and mouth. Levis putting up a Steiner tonight. Stinker. Stinker probably. I do think he's. Gonna, I do think he's going to have a stinker. Um, but Pittsburgh's D has been kind of disappointing. They haven't been very good. Yeah. But I do think they're going to see that film and be like, okay, let's take away the deep ball. Let's force him into either intermediate throws. Let's force him into some progressions, which is still some areas I think he has trouble Derek with. Henry. 
Oh, they definitely they definitely will. They did a whole lot of that. So yeah, definitely. All right, Connor Stallions. This is the Michigan man who's been on the. Uh, he's been stealing signs. The sign stealer at Michigan. So this went viral this week too. He was dressed in Central Michigan gear on the Central Michigan sideline at the home opener of their game against Michigan State. Of course, a team you're going to face in the Big Ten. He was also wearing sunglasses at night. Connor Stallions continues to make the list of Bad Take Boulevard. This is Also, you know the biggest crime here is he had Adidas gear on because it's Central Michigan, and he had Nike shoes. That's a dead giveaway. It is. The Nike shoes is a dead giveaway, yeah. and the sunglasses at night's a dead giveaway, you idiot. Yeah, if you're on the sidelines of whatever team that you're sponsored by, shoe-wise and gear-wise, that's all you wear. You don't dare wear the, the competing brand. That's just a no-no. It's a dead giveaway. This guy needs to... The sunglasses were awful. And the sunglasses fake mustache too, right? Did he, oh, no, I think it was a real mustache. I think he had a real mustache. Well, it looked fake. But he shaved it the next day. Because there's there's pictures of him on the sideline at the Michigan game the next day. Because this was a Friday night home opener. Uh, and then the Michigan played Saturday. So I think he had a real mustache, I think. And then he shaved it the next day. He was clean shaved the next day. I still don't really understand how he got that much access without Central Michigan knowing. So that's what the Jim McEwen, who is the former coach of Florida. He's now at Central Michigan. That's he a, pronounced wrong. How do you pronounce isn't, it? Isn't it McElwain? Maybe. I don't know. I don't keep up with He's a shark guy, right? Isn't lot. he the shark guy? What does that mean? The guy who was like laying on a boat with a shark? No idea. You but know I a lot about Jim McElwain. Yeah, I don't know what that is. You don't know, know that photo? About Jim no. McElwain. Anyways, he he flat out said it was Connor Stallions on the sideline. Because he was like, I have no idea no idea how he got a pass. I don't know how he was doing, like what he was doing there. I don't we don't so condone this behavior. CYA. Well, I don't know. It's hard to know. For his program, though, right? Because he doesn't want to be tied in to a guy that's stealing signs and I really doing things that know. he's doing. I really want But, yeah, yeah. But he all but confirmed that it was him on the sideline. You line. would think that there's a contact with either Harbaugh or someone that lined it up. I have no idea. Like, like I, a guy he used to work with that's now on that staff or something. I mean, you have a ton of people that you put on the pass list per game. Usually all you need to do is, like, find the director of operations. So I, I doubt that, that the head coach knew about it at all. You just have to be a Granado. That's one way. Yeah. That's one way. So I don't know how he landed on the pass list. Somebody put him on the pass list. Could have been anybody. Could right. have been it could have been a grad assistant. It could have been anybody PR that put him on that yeah, pass list. Force communications, whatever. Yeah, could have. It could have been anybody. Like literally anybody. Now he got himself in the box because he's wearing Central Michigan gear. Unbelievable story. Like you have to be an idiot to do this what is Connor like, Stallions was doing. Is this the the straw that breaks the camel's back and this is the the last straw that Harbaugh's not back next year? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I saw if a report they verify that, they might... that it was him. But if they win a natty? Well, but even that's in question. When they're starting to talk about with the rankings and everything else, There's the, the Big Ten is now pushing that they want some kind of a, a decision made before we get too deep into the college football playoff. I don't think it's going to impact this year at all. Hmm. Do you? I think you could. I doubt it. Like they're gonna, what they're gonna rank them tenth. They're not gonna put them in the top four if they're undefeated. I, I don't know that you're gonna go full blown keep them out of the playoff. But if they can verify all of this stuff and it's a blatant violation of the rules, I think I, it'll be in the future though. Okay. I don't think they'll do anything to this year's Michigan team. Well, Joe, what do you think? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, but also like they don't have any authority. It's not the NCAA championship. No, the NCAA can put them on like a. Mm. They can ban them from a bowl game, if can't you, they? Yeah, but if you ban them from a bowl game, you can't be picked. To That's play what I'm saying. So there's a the way to keep them out of the playoffs. I but I also know. don't think it would happen this fast. Like you have to have the investigation done like that, like that, like that, and then that's the thing. Like you want to mess with the TV networks but here, it, and then all of a sudden you have this huge fight on your hands. I think there is zero percent chance that Michigan will be punished 
this year if they're still undefeated? Even if they verify that that he was on the sidelines doing yep. what he was doing? I think he'll be banned from college football athletics. I think Michigan will have future penalties. Yeah. Okay. I don't we'll think see. they will touch this year's Michigan team as long as they're undefeated. I say if I'm Harbaugh, beats them. if I'm Harbaugh, like this is the right year to get out, win a title, and don't get embarrassed next year. Who's hiring them? Have you guys seen their schedule next year? The Bears. It's a tough. They play Texas. So, man. They play Texas, Washington, USC, Oregon, and Ohio State next yeah, but year. Think about Those that. Are all think about games. all the quarterbacks. going to be gone. I know. It's Caleb crazy. Williams going to be gone. Penix is going to be gone. Yeah. You say Oregon. Oregon. So Nick is going to be gone. gone. Yeah, it's true. But their, but their quarterback will be gone too. But I don't know. I just I don't know if the Bears or anyone will hire him. I think this might be his last job. I think it might be. I don't think he's going to get an NFL head coaching job. I think he. I think he is. Seven one three seven eight zero. He's Connor Stallions. You make the list. All right. It sounds like you just no made the list. Damian Pierce this week. He's been nursing an ankle. There's some thoughts that they're not going to play him on Sunday. What does the game plan have to be for the Texans on Sunday if Damian Pierce is a no go? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. No go are words that do not exist for me whenever I go to the gym. Uh, Iron twenty four fitness and recovery. They're helping me out. I- I'm pumped up for this. I've really been enjoying this. Lots of energy have been added to me which is great. Uh, Like many of you, I haven't uh, been one that's really focused on my body. I haven't prioritized working out for a while now until Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery came into my life. And you need it in your life, too. A new kind of gym that's perfect for me. I think it'd be perfect for you as well. 24-7 access, which is perfect for our busy schedules. Personally, I don't like contracts. I know you don't either. I don't like hidden fees of who does. I don't like dealing with people. I don't want a gym tour. I don't want any of that. I don't have to worry about that. With Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery, it's all one 100% digital, which I love. Don't have to deal with people. Iron 24, every Iron 24 facility has everything you need from free weights to machines. Any cardio that you need, it's ideal. It's perfect. I love it. Tons of space, everything you need to get a good workout in without people bothering you. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery has four locations around Houston. More opening soon as well. I go to the one in Conroe, a couple in Pearland, one in Lake Jackson. More on the way as well. Another great perk is that members get universal 24-7 access to any location. You go to the one in Pearland, but you're up north in Conroe? Cool. Go drop in. Get a lift in the one in Conroe. For a limited time, participating Iron 24 locations are offering new member ESPN listeners two weeks free with zero down when they join with the Iron 24 app. Go to iron24.com slash ESPN. That's iron24.com slash ESPN and get started today with E25. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Joe George behind the glass. Good to be back with all of you. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. So it doesn't look like Damian Pierce is going to play on Sunday. He hurt his ankle, I guess, at some point. Don't know when it happened. Maybe it was the game. Um, now, Aaron Wilson's the one that reported this. and. <laughs> I already know. Aaron Wilson said that uh, D'Amico Ryan's was not interested in the Houston Texans job. So you know we got to preface that. But I, 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 he hasn't been at practice. The injury report shows that he hasn't been practicing. Uh, it looks like Damian Pierce is not going to play on Sunday. So what's the immediate impact if the Texans don't have Damian Pierce on Sunday? And what should the game plan be offensively against a defense that's top six in the NFL in points allowed? I think it's two different questions simply because. 
of the fact that I've been clamoring for them to mix it up a little bit more. I think we all have just just to see if they could be a little less predictable on first and second down and the amount of times that they want to run the football. But I think in the perspective of just what does it mean if he doesn't play, I don't know that it's going to have a massive impact just simply because of the fact that we have stated and, and, and you were the first to jump on it and say, look, Singletary, Singletary might be a better fit for this offense, this scheme, the style of play that they are running than, than Pierce overall. He might be a square peg in a round hole as it relates to this offense. So now we're really going to see it. I said I want to see a little bit more of Boone. I like the way Boone runs with the football and catches the football. Yards after catch is big. He had a, a nice first down that he got on a, on a pass that he caught. Uh, and maybe he warrants a little bit more time. Well, now we're going to see what they can do. I don't think it's a bad thing that two guys that really more are, are a better schematic fit offensively are going to get the touches because you're going to find out a whole lot more about what you have versus what you had with Pierce. Um, I, I just would like to see a little bit more creativity and a little more pass game in the offense. Yeah, I want to see more passing early downs. One, Nick, the I want to see more passing early downs, first and foremost. I also don't think it's the worst thing in the world if we get one game without Damian Pierce to see what the running game looks like without Damian Pierce. Like, let's get more information, more intel to see if Damian Pierce is a bad fit for the zone blocking scheme. Uh, I'd like to see Devin Singletary get 15 to 20 carries in this game and see what that looks like over a full body of work, over a full game. Now, it's a really good defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, I like. I like the Boone thing too. Like mix in, just go fifteen singletary carries, five Boone carries, and let's let's see what Boone looks like as well. But the more like if you have Pierce out for an entire game and you run the ball twenty to twenty five times with running backs that aren't named Damian Pierce and it looks good, okay, well you, you got an answer. It's like we know that our running game has not been very good. Why isn't the running game very good? Okay, well let's eliminate this. In this case, it's Damian Pierce, and you kind of came by it naturally because it's an ankle injury. And if you have a great game running the football, it's like, mm, okay, more information there. Now, I do think that the offensive line is a huge piece to the, the running game element. Like, I think Titus Howard's a good offensive lineman. I don't think he's a good pat, uh, run blocker, and you need run blocking at left guard. He hasn't really been able to give that to you. Um, but I'm, I, I want, I like the idea of more Singletary. I like the idea of him getting 15 carries this game. I like your idea of Mike Boone. I also like the idea of flipping who you are offensively and your offensive identity. And we know that D'Amico Ryans wanted this to be a heavy run team. Run first, especially with a rookie quarterback. Uh, run the ball well and, and keep your defense off the field and then play good defense and win football games that way. Your best players on this team are your, your quarterback, who's can throw the football pretty well. He's been playing at a pretty high level for a rookie. Your best offensive lineman are your tackles. Okay, good. They're really good at pass protection. They can go out and pass protect and keep C.J. Stroud upright. And then your most dynamic players are who you have in your, your wide receiver room, whether it's Nico Collins, who's had a breakout year, whether it's the rookie Tang Dell, who they're trying to get involved in every single way. I would kind of like to see the identity of this offense flip to where instead of us being this run first, three yards in a cloud, not saying that there's way, but they are still heavy run first, run on first down, set up the chain, second and medium, third and short, flip it around a little bit, put the ball in C.J. Stroud's hands and see if he can go win a football game for you. If this is the crowbar that kind of wedges the reasoning into why you change your philosophy offensively, so be it. But we've been saying this for a few weeks now, and we know that they have been hell-bent on staying consistent with running the football, but we also know that how predictable they've been. And we started to see defenses and defensive coordinators really capitalize on that predictability and also know what they do mm -hmm. well 
enough to be able to drop back it back in the box a little bit, take away the intermediate passing routes, take away the quick crosses and the slants, and basically say, we dare you to do something else because they've been hell-bent on not changing up their play calling. Now, if this is the reason why they say they had to do it differently, great. I don't care how we get to the end result, but the end result needs to be whether you call it creativity or just you know less balance or more weight on the passing game. That's what they have to do right now at this point in the season so that they aren't as predictable and they're more successful in getting chunk yardage. Yeah, then you can you I mean you can also be like a little bit of an extension of the running game if you're struggling early, which is something that they have a bad habit of doing is like they're so committed to the run that whenever they're not having success early running the football, they continue to pound their head against the wall. We have to be good at the run. We have to be good at the run. I'd like to see a little bit. Okay, let's let's throw some bubble screens. Let's throw a little wide receiver screen action. Let's get some extension sideways instead of trying to go right down a defense's throat because you don't have the offensive line to do that. Um, so I want to see more of that. Now this week is going to be tough because Tampa Bay has a really good defense. Got a lot of guys that are active in that front seven and yeah. their secondary is pretty solid. I think it's going to be a, a tough game for the Texans whenever you look at the other side of the ball. Now I think it's a winnable game and they're favored by two points. This is one of those coin flip games that we talk about whenever you look at the Texans. I, I expect it to be low scoring. Like I, I think the Texans win like a 2017 game. I think it has to be a 2017 game. But I, I'm tired of CJ Stroud being treated like he's Brock Purdy. Like let's 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 unload the playbook. Let's th- let's have him throw 40 times a game and see if he can do it. If he can throw it 40 times a game and you're moving the ball up and down the field, like why do you need the running game? And I understand why you'd need it. Like the Brandon Staley, you know, the running games like you need air to breathe, blah 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 blah. I don't care. Let's try to throw it 40 times See, if the starting running back's hurt. Yeah, I think that there's there's a million different ways that you can get to effectively saying you, like you're running the football, but I think that that little that that little wheel route, that little that dump off pass can be just as effective as running it between the tackles. I feel like, you know, Singletary's got a, enough elusiveness in his game. And he's also not the biggest of backs to be running between the tackles anyway, yeah. to where you can put him in space. You can, you can do things to mix it up a little bit so that he, he, he has a little bit more uh, uh, space to work with to get you some yards. But, but I fully expect that C.J. Stroud is going to be a guy that could win the football game basically not just all by himself, but could be the reason why you win the game. I think Baker Mayfield could be the reason why they lose the game. I, I don't see Baker Mayfield, though I am concerned about our secondary matching up against their two wide receivers because they're experienced, they're still damn good, and you're you're dinged up in the secondary to where that could be a, where Baker could have a field day. But Baker's also capable of throwing it to you a couple of times in the game and being the difference in the football game. I don't think CJ's that guy. I think it's going to rest a lot with the quarterbacks. Baker could have a stinker very, very easily. But I think if CJ just continues to be himself and they give him more opportunities to throw, this team can win this football game and win it by maybe even a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it'd, it'd be a fun one on Sunday. Zero seven five four. I miss Barry already. I don't. I miss days off. Like I'm happy to uh, let Barry work every day for me as long as I'm still getting that paycheck. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP at HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Offensive line has been hanging by a thread all year. Sadly, I think that thread just busted. I'm super worried about this offensive line. I'll tell you why. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.